employees IQs jump a million percent when you give them more discretion and ability to make decisions. Mm. And so if you're just like, hey, you figure it out. I totally trust in you. Even if it's wrong in the beginning, we'll figure it out together. All of a sudden, these people are just like problem solvers and they're not coming to you with problems. They're really coming to you with solutions. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Let's do this. Another Stay Paid Golden Nugget episode. We got our interviews are golden nuggets. Or short ones where it's just you and me or silver dollars. Silver dollars. We got yeah. a great interview lined up today, so super excited for this. But yeah, how are things go, man? Uh, good. I just got off of a Facebook Live slash interview. So I was uh, actually, it, what was cool, and this is also speaks to just, hey, guys, everybody you come into contact with, you need to build a relationship with you them. You treat people right. You never know. One of our past interns is now heading up right. partnership development with the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. And they have like 7,000 plus members on this Facebook group. And they do these interviews. And she reached out to me to yeah, interview Yeah, she worked us. on the social media team, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, and I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Val. Yeah, Val. Right, Val yeah, yeah, so she's awesome. She's doing well. But it's just cool to see her success. Oh, and awesome, then it man. all circles back around. And just it was an awesome interview. We talked about creating raving fans. Um, and just what, how do you do that? And I was actually sharing with people... Now more than ever, and I was actually experimenting with this today on Facebook, and maybe we'll get into this. We're going to talk about lead generation today Mm -hmm. with our guests, but on Facebook, Facebook gives you the ability to do friend list. And I really think business owners are missing the opportunity here to take advantage of friend all of your past clients, all of your people on Facebook, and then create these friend lists of past clients, prospects, and you can then go to that friend list and see everything they're interacting with. So literally you can see what they're posting if they went on vacation, did they have a wedding, and then use that as a way to engage with them and build relationships. So it was, it was cool. We got a lot of great feedback. So hopefully someone can apply that you know, hack here on the podcast too. Oh, that's awesome. So make sure to follow Luke on LinkedIn. Yeah. Usually those get posted on LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn and then Facebook. And you can follow me on Instagram because she's going to send me the live and I'll nice. re- reshare it. I love that. So our guest today, his name is Ravi Abuvala. He is known as the law school dropout and has been featured on Fox News, Entrepreneur, Forbes, and more. Since dropping out of law school, Ravi has gone on to found multiple six and seven figure companies, including Prospect Social a lead generation training program for real estate agents, and his most recent company, Scaling with Systems, which helps entrepreneurs generate qualified leads for their business. Ravi's passion is sharing his business experience, showing off current strategies and trending topics, and best of all, equipping his followers to make more money and spend less time doing it. That sounds like a life of freedom, baby. Ravi, welcome to Stay Paid. Luke and Josh, what is going on, guys? Thank you guys so much for having me on here. And everyone that's tuning into the show, thank you guys for lending me your ear. Yeah, man, it's amazing to have you on. I would love for you to take just a few minutes and share your backstory to the audience because you've accomplished a ton. And I'd love for you to kind of share kind of, one, how did you get into even what you're doing and then multiple businesses and lead us back to today? Yeah, sure. Of course. So really quick backstory, a whole life wanted to be a lawyer. That was like the plan. That was what I was going down. Um, I graduated college and anybody here that's listening that might be in law, uh, you know, you know, there's something called the LSAT law school admission test. I was supposed to take it. You take it. I was going to take a year off to study for it because I just want to be in the top 
uh, law schools in the nation. And three days after I graduated, my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Mm. And so kind of threw me for a loop. I had to move back into Atlanta with him. And for a year, I was like studying for law school uh, for about eight hours a day at the same time that I was also taking him to chemo and radiation. And just during that whole kind of experience, I just was like, I think that I'm doing a lot of this stuff for the wrong reason. And I was like talking to 30-year-olds, 35-year-olds who were in these chemo and radiation units and, and they just thought they had so much time, more time ahead of them. Wow. And so long story short, at the end of that year, I took the test because I had spent, you know, 20 years of my life preparing for it. But I remember I came downstairs and I told my dad, I was like, look, I'm not going to go to law school. And uh, he thought I was throwing it all away. I scored in the top 10% of test takers in the nation. I actually wow. got into a bunch of my dream law schools. And uh, instead, I decided to type how to make money online. I went and worked in an Italian restaurant down the corner. And I'm making like $2,000 a month working at this Italian restaurant serving breadsticks. My whole family thought. <laughs> I thought I went insane as well. But uh, fast forward a little bit, I, I started learning lead generation specifically for real estate and uh, scaled a pretty successful advertising agency, Prospect Social there. We had about 288 real estate agents and brokers and mortgage officers uh, at our peak of on the, on the local level. And then I shifted that more to the national level. I sell to pretty much the guys that resell their leads to probably a lot of people listening to this podcast. Um, and then in that journey, I had a lot of fun building uh, businesses. I, it was something that came really natural to me. So I started my consulting firm, Scaling with Systems, and uh, scaled that up to about three and a half million in 14 months with just wow. uh, two commission-based employees. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Two employees. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So I want to get into the whole lead generation thing. We're, we're going to dive kind of deep into that to talk about some real tangible, you know, tactical things that people can be doing to generate leads for their business. But talk first about this scaling with systems and this idea of scaling a business. When did you kind of realize through your journey that, hey, one of the most critical things I think most business owners realize at some point is you have to build it in order to scale and with that scalability in mind. So talk about what kind of led you there and then ultimately what systems have you used to produce that scalability? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So first eight months of business, uh, I actually did $3,000 in total sales. And one of them was my cousin. So Oof. I don't even know if we can count that. Ouch. But, um, <laughs> and it was, I just didn't have systems. And you were I doing better have, at the Italian restaurant, man. <laughs> I, I really was. I was. I was working at the Italian restaurant at the same time. And uh, I, I just, I wasn't doing the right stuff. And the main thing I wasn't doing, and the main thing I always recommend people to do, which is awesome that we're on this podcast, because I know you guys give a lot of value on it, but it was lead generation. I didn't have systems around lead generation. And so I was the one that was required in order to do lead generation. And, and everyone that's listening to this right now can probably agree that lead generation kind of sucks. I mean, I mean, appointments and deals and, and cash in the bank is awesome. But to get those appointments, it's not that a lot of fun. And there's a lot of rejection involved in it. And mm. just the way the human brain is, is kind of built um, over time through evolution, you kind of stay away from scary rejection, things like that. And so it wasn't until I went to a conference in Atlanta and I met some guys, like I finally got to like see real people having real success, right? At that point, I'm like, did I make a mistake doing this? And then I finally saw people doing 60, 70, 80, 100, $120,000 a month doing the same thing that I was doing advertising. And at that point, I was like, all right, if these guys can do it, I can do it. And I really started putting in lead generation systems in place. So uh, I hired my first virtual assistant, which we actually give our clients now fully trained virtual assistants. But I, I hired my first virtual assistant and they started doing 300 to 500 outbound messages a day to real estate agents and uh, mortgage officers. And I started learning Facebook ads to get clients. And uh, it pretty much came to the point that I had just an absolutely packed calendar. 
I was then able to systemize my sales process, hire a sales guy, remove myself from it, then systemize the back end fulfillment. And through this whole journey, I came to one point where I was just like, I mean, I was really not doing a whole lot. It was pretty simple. I had my whole team running it. So I just started traveling. I lived in South America for four and a half months. I lived in Spain for a few months. And the same guys that were just like had started the same time that I did, bought in the same course that I did were like, what the hell are you doing? Like, how did, how did, how did you do this? And we didn't do this. And so from that, I kind of started was like, I was like, really, it came down to just like systems and this virtual assistant. And so it started with me just showing a few of my friends how to do it. Um, and then they started referring other people and other people. And now we've helped close to 700 people uh, in about 12 months. Now. Dude, that's incredible. There's two golden nuggets I want to point out in there is one is, and people maybe overlook the power of this, but the mindset that when you see someone else do something, you have two thoughts you can have. Oh, I can't do that. Or, oh, I can do that. And I'm telling you, man, the greatest people, like I look at Steve Jobs and those like, you know, God rest soul, but I look at Steve Jobs and goes, if he can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. Like, and that has helped me so much in my life. That mindset of going, oh yeah, I, I can get up on stage and do that. If Tony Robbins can do that, I can do that. Like that type of idea. And so that is a huge golden nugget that I don't think people give a lot of credit to is just that mindset of, oh yeah, if he, if he can do it, I can do it. But then the second thing you said, which I think is critical is this idea of getting an assistant. And I hear this in the real estate business specifically all the time. And I got to give a shout out to Tom Ferry because he gave a really practical way of how do you kind of do or get an assistant? How do you prepare for that? And he called it like the green light, yellow light, red light. And he said, basically write down all the tasks that you hate doing. Like if you never had to do them again, you would be so grateful and put that in the red light category. Then take all the tasks that you you know, semi, you don't mind doing, but they're, you know, so-so, put them in the yellow. And then the green task, what you love. He said, take the red light and those tasks that you have listed, that's your first job description for your assistant. And that will free you up so much. And I have heard and seen that taking that leap to get an assistant, which is a huge leap, it might cost you $25,000 a year, $30,000 a year, but it will free up the most precious commodity you have, your time, your time. And then your inspiration because you're not doing the red light task. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And also on top of that, it's so funny you mentioned the Steve Jobs thing because one of my favorite quote is actually from Steve Jobs at a commencement address. And he says, you know, life gets a lot easier when you realize that everything that's around you was built by somebody not so much smarter than yourself, which is literally exactly <laughs> what you Dude, just said. that is it, ago. man. It's a better, more eloquent way to say it, but that's it. There's so <laughs> well, much he, He's ahead of us. We, get, yeah. <laughs> we, won't, we won't compare to that. But yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it really was the biggest difference was delegation. I'd say like, like elimination and delegation both play hand in hand. So like the first first part of it was figuring out what really wasn't working. Like, what should I not be doing? Like I was at the beginning, I was going after so many different types of clients and so many different industries and offering custom work. But then if you can kind of combine that 80, 20 rule and then delegate the 20% of the stuff that is working and then scale that up by hiring multiple people to do it. Yeah. It just becomes a really, really beautiful and duplicatable thing. That's awesome. You mentioned at one point, you know, you were kind of the the company was running itself a little bit. You were taking time off to travel and stuff like that. What types of checks and balances as you're scaling a business do you have in place to make sure that people are continuing to do the same, have the same standards that mm. you had when it was your own time and money? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So the first thing I do is I, we, we call it a scorecard. It's what I talk to my clients about all the time. And it's just like, as a CEO of a company, you really shouldn't be involved in a lot of the day to day. Like, I mean, that's a COO rule and I have a COO, but even before you have a COO, you really don't have to be involved too much in the day to day if you delegate it out, but you do, do need to know that things are working. So I always tell my, my clients like, 
you need to get together. You need to write down on a whiteboard. What are 10 to 12 numbers that you need to know in your business that'll let you know essentially the health of your business? And examples of these could be how many outbound messages were sent yesterday? How many outbound messages were sent this day last week, right? And there could be how many uh, positive responses did you get? How many interested leads did you get? How many booked appointments did you get this day versus last week, right? How many closings did you have? How many um, you know pitches did you make? And then other things could be like, what was your advertising spend? What was your return on advertising spend? And other things could be like, what was how many customer complaints did you have? How many tickets did you have sent into your CRM? Any one of those things. But I would literally, we call it the daily meeting, although it's funny because I, it only happens once a week now, but just through habit, we call it the, the daily meeting. But just every day in my Slack channel, my executive assistant just posts Revy's scorecard. And it just literally, it's like all areas of my business, I'm just able to cover pretty much what is going on in there. Um, and I can see what's working, what's not working. And when something's not working, when it was just me, I didn't have a COO. I, I had to be like, okay, this is what we should do to fix it. But now it's pretty cool because then we'll post the scorecard and then my COO will be like, hey, I already know that you're going to say the booked appointments are down and it's because you know our ad <laughs> account got disabled last week, but I already have a new one coming up. You'll see the difference next week. And That's like, awesome. Perfect. That's yeah, awesome. man. Knowing, knowing your numbers, knowing the KPIs is is so critical in, in being able to track and then measure success ultimately. Yeah, I think it, like a key thing that I have seen and I love the scorecard concept. Yeah, the yeah. scorecard. Yeah. And it's like we heard this from what was it, a Gary V interview? He was interviewing the Home Depot, past Home Depot C- CEO or something. Like the greatest leaders, they know the fine-tuned yes. details of the clock. Yeah. Like they, they, they know they don't focus on the big hand or moving around or something like they focus on the littlest detail of the clock. But what I love about great leadership is that you measure yourself on the fruit, on the result. And I think a lot of people can get trapped in when you go into the accountability of the fine tuned detail of the clock, you end up micromanaging. If all you're trying to do is manage that task. But what I love about what you're saying, man, is you're talking about, hey, I'm looking at the fine-tuned details and I'm measuring them based upon this scorecard. And it's such a nice balance that keeps you out of – it keeps you in the details, keeps you accountable at the lowest level, but at the same time allows it so you're not micromanaging. And I think on top of that, you can give your team members tools in order to solve these problems that they're having. So it's like, hey, if they notice that on the scorecard, one of these numbers is lower than what it should be, in the beginning, I'm telling them what needs to be done. But eventually what's going to happen is they're going to know how to solve that, right? Through the training or the standard operating procedures or whatever it is. So it's like that. I, we always say that everyone in our company is like a mini CEO. And I know it's a cheesy line, but it's just like I... I'm putting you in charge of lead generation. I The KPIs I want is I want more booked appointments this week than I did last week. Here are the ways that uh, I think that that'll work and that's worked for us in the past. But the bottom line is I want more this week than last week. So mm. it's on you to essentially make sure that that happens. And then they become like, that's their full-time job. That's their They are the CEO of the lead generation or booked appointment essentially department. And then if we're low on booked appointments, they're not coming to me saying, Ravi, how do we get more booked appointments? They're saying, hey, Ravi, we're low on booked appointments because of this. I'm also trying this, 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 and out. We'll see what happens in the next few days. And, and that kind of comes down to having a really great team and, and having the ability to delegate that out. And it's important in the beginning that you kind of handle it so you know how things are going. But as soon as possible, I just, I don't know. I feel like someone's IQ, employees' IQs jump a million percent when you give them more discretion and ability to make decisions. Mm. And so if you're just like, hey, you figure it out. I totally trust in you. Even if it's wrong in the beginning, we'll figure it out together. All of a sudden, these people are just like problem solvers and they're not coming to you with problems. They're really coming to you with solutions. Dude, that is so good. The mini CEO concept. I love that. Yeah. 
All right, so let's get into it. Real estate agents want leads, right? The biggest thing that they want are listing leads. That's what everybody's everybody looking wants. for. <laughs> so what are you seeing today? Like, What are some of the best ways to generate uh, real estate listing leads, some of the current trends and strategies that you've seen uh, have success? Yeah, so, and I'll talk a little bit later on. We call it the machine, but it's like, in reality, you should have a few different traffic sources coming in. Unfortunately, most business owners, real estate, mortgage, whatever you name it, they have one main traffic source and that's referrals. Like that's pretty much it, right? A, a great real estate agent, a brokerage, a team, they have multiple traffic sources. So I'll just talk about a few really quickly. First one, very obvious is going to be ads. Um, it's obvious, but a lot of people don't have success with it. But before I go into the traffic sources, I actually want to talk about more important than traffic. Because like you said, the, I mean, I've been in this real estate industry business for talk to so many agents that everyone's like, leads, leads, leads. <laughs> and it's actually not leads that people need, right? They just need more quality conversations. They need mm -hmm. more booked appointments in their calendar. I think there's enough leads out there. On average, so in 2019, $10 billion was spent in real estate marketing. Uh, and 51% of leads never even received a single response, okay? Uh, so that means that $5 billion totally just went down the drain for real estate marketing. And the reality is, and these are numbers based on last year when I was, uh, when I was running full-time inside of the local level, but we were doing about 8,000 to 10,000 leads a month for real estate agents across North America. And so the reality is this, right? Number one, 63% uh, of leads come in after 5 p.m. and before 9 a.m. And then 48% of leads come in Saturday and Sunday, right? And so what you're having here is majority of leads coming in when the real estate agent is quote unquote off of work, okay? And the biggest issue comes is that everyone on this podcast or everyone has heard, I know you two definitely know, speed to lead is a big part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Getting Being the first to lead, especially if you're doing these large sites where it's like they're holding out this lead to 30 different agents, it's, you need to be one of the first people to respond over to it. And so the biggest mindset shift for us and the, where I like really started multiplying my income was instead of just sending real estate agent leads and being like, they're like, oh, these advertising leads suck or these whatever leads suck. And I'm like, well, you didn't call them and I secret shop and it was back and forth. And so what I did when this was before, like this was even a thing. Now it's a thing, but this is two years ago when I did this, I actually partnered up with an inner service agent uh, company. It was based out of California. Now we have our virtual assistants do it. And they call the lead as soon as it comes in. And then they do 12 touch points over eight days, call, email, text. And that kind of goes back into what you guys were talking about with having an assistant because like you just want the booked appointment, the quality conversation. And that's where your time as a real estate agent or a broker is best spent. Yet most agents and brokers spend most of their time chasing down leads and trying to even get that first contact point out there. Mm. So if you can just make it so that you have an advertising platform or outbound messages or cold calling or, you know, uh, voicemail drops or text message campaigns, whatever it is, you can combine all those things and just drive them uh, to a landing page or to some kind of lead magnet or even just to get them to a qualifying call and then hand that off to an ISA team, internet service agent team. They're going to be able to figure out, you know, are you a buyer or a seller? What's your price point? What's your time frame? Are you pre-approved? All these things. And then say, hey, great. Based on everything you're saying, it seems like you'd be an awesome fit to have a conversation with Luke here. I see he has an availability tomorrow at 2 p.m. Does that work for you? They say yes. Boom, he's in the calendar. And then Luke just wakes up in the morning tomorrow and sees a full calendar. And he has this machine creating these appointments for him. So I just wanted to go down that rant. I'll open it back up to you guys. But I just want most people don't understand that it's not the leads that are bad. It's the follow up that is literally the ball that is dropped. Dude, and I see that almost so every single on. time. So spot on, man. It's what's so funny today. And I was we were on a marketing meeting today with a real estate agent. 
And I was literally basically saying to them that there's not going to be one. I, I said, maybe we'll get lucky and it will be one we did this campaign. postcard campaign to this farm. And that was the one that generated. It's not really that. It's really building this omnipresent marketing machine that builds top of mind awareness in the minds of people who are looking to buy or sell. And so you capitalize on referrals, you capitalize on, uh, you know, direct response, all these things. And then what you're saying is taking it to the next level, which is the dream of every real estate agent is how can I just wake up every day and have appointments? But again, that takes another leap. Sharing personally, my brother, my brother took the leap uh, his second year in to hire an ISA. So the, the dude does 35 transactions his first year, 78 his second, and he already goes, I'm going to get an ISA because he understands the principle you're talking about, man, which is I don't want to spend my time doing all this unnecessary follow-up and everything like that, but I want it to happen. I just want to do the, the closing. I want to get out there. And he did 100 over 100 last year, and he's on track for almost 200 this year. So it's just that idea of building that machine and delegating out your time. So walk us through then kind of the tactics of – like to get a listing, to get something like that, uh, like what type of ads would you run? Where would you run them? What would you do? Yeah, sure. Awesome question. So uh, let's say, uh, assume that you've got the ISA team down, you have some kind of place that's going to, because the worst thing I hate to see is like we, because look, Facebook ads, like cold calling, voicemail drops, it's going to work. The thing that sucks is it works and then you don't have enough you know, manpower to essentially man these, these lines, these phones, these leads, and then you're just wasting money at that point. So like the really important thing is getting that ISA set up. Let's assume you have the ISA set up. Now we can talk about that. Now it's the fun part. And my, you know, I'm a lead generator, so maybe I'm biased, but, but like for me, like finding new traffic sources to shove into this funnel is like the thing that I dream about at nighttime. And so in reality, what I'm really looking for is like, First of all, Facebook ads are awesome. Uh, I absolutely love Facebook ads. Um, I think that they're one of the, the, the ninth, tenth one of the world, depending on how many wonders you think there is. Um, but there's ways to do it correctly. So like, you know, if you're watching this, you're a real estate agent. And I have a full video on my YouTube channel where I literally go through all the ads and everything. But you pretty much should shut up with Facebook and you don't need a website. You don't need it. Most real estate agents don't have a website, right? And even if they do, it's like, what, five people visiting that website a month? So you need to use what's called a Facebook lead form. It's pretty incredible. It's, it, it literally allows you to capture full name, email, phone number right there on Facebook. You don't have to send a user off of Facebook, which means Facebook will promote it more and you'll have lower cost per leads. And then you don't have to worry about the techno mumbo jumbo side of creating a website, all that kind of lead maintenance. And you use a Facebook campaign called... Um, called lead, uh, lead campaign, lead form campaign. And then you're targeting now Facebook has back when I was doing it, you could be a little more targeted, but now Facebook's pretty cracked down on it. So yep. you pretty much just a wide open targeting. So you're not, you don't have to worry about, you want to let your ad copy uh, and your ISA team do the qualification for you. So the ad copy itself needs to say, let's say, so we worked a lot with luxury homes. We used to sell five, $10 million homes on Facebook. People thought it was possible. We did it all the time. And one of the ways that we did it was we would, um, we would target in the, in the ad copy we would say, hey, attention luxury homeowners or attention working professionals or attention CEOs, founders, whatever it is. We want to capture kind of the attention of the upper class and the elite. And then the ways that we would do it, it depends if you're looking for obviously buyer or seller leads, but some example buyer campaigns are just showing individual listings uh, on there that you have like, hey, here's this home, here's the specs, uh, just the, the old fashioned enter your information here to get more info on the home. The other one that we liked for buyer leads as well is a list of homes. So I used to ask my agents, hey, what's the average listing price of the home in your area? They'd say 200 to 300. Then I'd say, hey, Atlanta, Georgia, looking for a home uh, to buy. 
did you know you can get homes, you know, using FHA, I'm from Florida originally, for um, for 0% down, maybe even less than rent. Here's a list of homes for between $200,000 and $300,000. Enter your information in for that. And you'll get two, three, four dollar leads all day with that kind of stuff. It's unbelievable. And then on the seller side, we use a few different things. Number one, we use a seller's guide. So like a seller's guide to buy selling your home in, in Atlanta, a seller's guide to selling your home during COVID, a seller's guide to selling your home when the market's upside down, whatever it is. Um, a second thing we used to do is like, uh, another seller's guide used to be, um, or essentially a seller's lead would be, um, Hey, we just sold a home in your area. Or so we would target certain geographies. Hey, we just sold this home in Atlanta, uh, above market value for this amount of money. Um, and if you're interested in having kind of something similar happen for you, enter your name in below and we'll reach out and see if there's a fit. There's also the property evaluation ones as well. And then another really great one that I did that I actually I will also credit Tom Ferry from this because I he did it, he said it one way and then I just like took it and ran with it and put it in with the automation and the virtual assistants for our clients. But um, you pretty much get a uh, we use a website called RedX R E D X and um, you can get lists of homeowners everywhere. And what I would have my virtual assistants do is either pick up the phone or and call or we use another software called Sly Broadcast and we would voicemail drop everyone that lived in this in this neighborhood and would say. Hey there, I saw that you're living in Sandestin and uh, I wanted to reach out. I'm a real estate, a local real estate agent in the area. I had a buyer who wanted to buy a home down the road from you, but unfortunately it fell through. Would you be willing to sell your home for the right price? If the answer is yes, give me a call back or text me back at this number and we would get calls and text backs all day long. I mean, these agents' phones would just be blown up. We'd send them to the ISA. They'd pre-qualify them. Are you actually serious about selling your home? And then they get the booked appointment in and then my agents would be getting the listings. It's the question on every real estate agent's mind. How do I get leads? Lead magnets entice prospects to give you their contact information in exchange for something they find compelling. Discover the best practices and strategies for creating a lead magnet with our free ebook, Lead Generation for Real Estate Agents. Successful internet marketers routinely use lead magnets to grow their email lists, and with this resource, now you can too. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash lead generation and download this free resource today. That's ReminderMedia.com slash lead generation. Take action on this today. Dude, I love that. Dude, there's so many campaigns there that you could run. We saw the same when we were running an ad uh, doing basically get the list of all the homes under $200,000 like in this area. And we saw a ton like comment below. We tried that one. Fill out the form like you're saying on Facebook leads. Another one you could think of right now during COVID or with this market and hopefully this podcast, I think we'll put it out in time. But it's the inventory is so low. So that concept that you're doing with, you know, the Red X and then dropping the voicemails and stuff like that, I feel like it could work really, really well if you have are selling homes within three days, five days, the prices are above asking, you could literally drop a ton of voicemails literally going, hey, I just sold a home within three days for 20000 over asking, whatever your numbers are. And then go, if you're interested to hear if your home would sell for 20 hours over or 20,000, I almost dropped my phone. That's why I stumbled there. 20,000 over asking, then call me back. Like, I feel like that would translate really, really well to the market right now with how fast listings are going off the market, how they're selling for more. And then money obviously is cheap. So I feel like that would actually resonate. Those are incredible ideas. 
On top of that, I'll just say as well that um, I just I obviously just dropped like four different ones. Then you guys dropped a few as well. So you guys don't have to try 10 at once, right? That You guys don't have to try 10 at once. I mean, find one or two of those things and run with it. But I have run successful real estate campaigns for each and every one of those different ones that we just named now. And then, yeah, just like you said a second ago, Anytime you can make something more relevant now than than obviously just like this generic cookie cutter one, it would be better. So if you can add in the current economic times, COVID, whatever else is going on, you can put that in your messaging and your voicemail drops, your phone scripts, and actually tell people how it can be an advantage to them uh, in the messaging, then yeah, you'll have your phone ringing off the hook with leads yeah. wanting you to list your home. Well, the relevancy and the current, you know, uh, being aware of what's going on currently and current events is it's what catches people's eyes. And that's what you have to do. If you're running Facebook as you're running any type of PPC or display type advertising that's not like intent based, meaning they're not type people aren't coming to search out your solution. You've got to be able to stop them. That's where you have to apply that relevancy and what's going on currently. So let's kind of stick on that topic. COVID has obviously impacted a ton of businesses. How have you guys had to adapt? What are some of the changes that you've had to make during this time for your business? Yeah, it's funny. So like a lot of other online entrepreneurs that I know of and a lot of my clients, if I'm being really quite frank with you guys, like my daily routine really didn't change a whole lot. And I'm really, I'm blessed because of that. But like, you know, I, I, I have a nice house in San Diego. I just pretty much before COVID happened, I was inside all day. The only time I ever left was go to the gym. That was literally <laughs> all the only time I ever left the house and maybe a dinner every once in a while. And, uh, so my day to day didn't change, but like, so I have a brother in Florida, he has a few restaurants down there and he was obviously seriously impacted. Right. And then they opened it and they closed it. Then it was 50%. It was a whole back and forth thing with him, laying off workers, hiring back workers. And uh, it was kind of a whole nightmare. And so we necessarily didn't have to change a whole lot, if I'm being really honest with you, because we already help people essentially transition online and scale their companies online. And we help agents and, and mortgage brokers and sales professionals essentially make more money. But one of the ways that we started helping our clients was setting up online portals or online platforms or subscription-based uh, revenue streams that they didn't have to be in person for. So we have a lot of clients that are gyms, in-person gyms, brick and mortar gyms that we were able to set up online personal training sessions for Dude, um, awesome. or meal meal delivery services for yeah. as well as that's from the gym that just white labeled. Uh, also for restaurants, including my brother, able to set up subscription based like, hey, we'll deliver three meals a week, five meals a week, seven meals a week. And kind of just like you guys were saying, using the copy like, look, you know, this is like a month and a half in. It's like, hey, look, you've had the same dinner every single night for the past, you know, 60, 40, 60 days, 45 to 60 days. How about you try <laughs> something new, right? You can sign up now for 10 meals a week for this amount of money, or we would target moms or whatever it is and say, hey, you know, I know you're tired of cooking every single night. You don't have any time off. The kids aren't at school. Here's how we can make your life easier. Um, and so for us, it was like, and then even for real estate agents, right? Setting up virtual tour tours and I really love what you guys had said earlier too about kind of that omnipresence. And so one of the coolest things about, I wouldn't say now because I think it's coming on the other side of it, but in the, in the kind of just the midst of COVID, I would say when everything was shut down, everything was on sale as far as like attention is concerned, whether it's emails, whether it's content, YouTube, whether it's ads, like, I mean, everything was on sale because everyone was kind of freaking out and nobody was really putting, I mean, there was obviously select few people that are putting out great content, but a lot of our real estate clients were just like capturing market share and just like staying a totally, uh, keeping their essentially followers really informed, whether it was through paid or organic or email push, totally informed as what's going on in the marketplace right now, whenever the feds drop the interest rates, whatever it is. And so even we had a lot of our agents uh, and brokers who like, they had other people, uh, other potential clients who were just like so loyal to the other broker or whatever it is in their industry, but 
because they had to look to this agent, our client, continuously for the updates and the updates and the updates, they just saw this person as the authority. It's called the availability bias. And so mm. whenever it's time for them to actually sell their home or buy a home or figure out what's the next move, who do you think they're going to call? The person who hasn't put any content out when all this has happened or the person who's keeping his audience exactly. informed the entire time. And that's essentially what we did. We literally just... Where everyone else was a really great book called The Obstacles Away by Ryan Holiday. But where everyone else was like running and fearful and hiding. And look, I get it was a scary time. Um, a lot of people, including our clients and ourselves, we saw it as a really incredible opportunity to just just tear away market share from our competitors and provide so much value to our clients and our future clients that our, our calendars and our clients' calendars are just filled for days. Man, you are so spot on there. I think the we Josh and I talk about all the time how the key to crisis communication is communicate, 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 right? It's over-communication. But I think people started applying that to their outreach, and they finally got, oh, wow, if I actually just consistently keep in front of these people with valuable content and massive results. So I'm just curious for my own sake, because this is where I go. You're an expert, obviously, at these funnels and, and lead generation stuff. What are you seeing agents spend? Like, what can I kind of expect? I know it's a range and it's different for different zones, but what's your advice on, like, how much should I uh, spend? What's a good cost per lead? Um, and what should my budget be? Um, if I'm going into trying to create these Facebook ads. Yeah, I, I love this. I never get to talk about this kind of stuff. I geek out on this stuff. So like usually podcasts are a lot more high level, right? So, um, <laughs> but it's just cool. You guys give a lot of value in your stuff and it's not just like, oh, do this and then goodbye. Um, so for, for us, the things that we look at, first of all, I think every single agent or whoever's listening to this right now, if you run a business, if you're trying to generate leads, uh, you need to learn what the Facebook pixel is or the Google tag manager, one or the other, you know, put it on your website. Um, and it'll start collecting data of everyone that's organically going to your website. The other cool thing about Facebook is it also collects data of people that have hit your Instagram. And a lot of people I know do a lot of content on their Instagram, but Facebook very quickly became a pay to play game where it's like, Hey, if you have a hundred thousand followers or let's say 50,000 likes on your Facebook page, it's like only a few percentage points of those actually see your content. Mm -hmm. If you just don't put any ad spend behind it, but if you're able to put ad spend behind it, then now a lot more people can see it for almost nothing. So, you know, even for us, our advert, our retargeting campaigns for people that touch our Instagram, my Facebook page, my website, uh, or my YouTube channel is like three to $5 a day. And we spend almost eight grand a day on cold traffic. But just to give you guys an idea of how little money you need to spend on that warmer traffic in order to convert them, showing one of those lead formats or driving them to your website or lead magnet, literally dollars a day. And most people won't set it up. Um, and you can just go to YouTube and, and type in, you know, how to retarget um, people that visit my Instagram. It's pretty easy. Um, but as far as like cost per leads, the, you know, cost per click, all that kind of stuff is concerned. Like you said, a second ago, it varies for different markets. In Miami, we would get $2 leads. Uh, in San Diego, we'd get $14 leads. So it'll vary uh, in market to market. But if you have a lead form campaign set up, exactly like I talked about earlier, and add to the lead form on Facebook, um, you should really, we budget anywhere from 4 to $12 a lead is really what you should be looking at. If you're paying wildly above that, then there's usually something wrong. Either your ad is not working, so you should check out the image on the ad, right? The image in the video takes up the most space. So whenever we're making changes, we look at the things that have the biggest impact. So changing one word in the copy is not going to be that big of an impact. But if the real, the, the, 
no pun intended, the largest real estate is the video or the actual image, that's probably where we should start first, followed by the headline, uh, then followed by the copy above it. So that, like, like I said, anywhere from four to $12, if that's not working, then you need to check out what the copy looks like. Um, and then what we actually look at as for numbers are these. And so we had a really dialed in and this is like what we do for our real estate agents that, um, that, that hire us that we work with for scaling with systems. We give them a virtual system that does this for them. But let's say you have the ISA on the back end and you have them doing 12 touch points over eight days. Then for every hundred leads you generate on Facebook, this is essentially the numbers that we saw. We saw about a 30% um, booked appointment rate, right? So 30% of the people that we had generated, we actually got booked appointments from. We saw about a 40% of that 30% uh, would actually show up to their booked appointments. So we'd say around 12 people would actually show up to those booked appointments. Of those 12 people, probably two to three would be serious uh, buyers or sellers. And of those two to three people, literally one would most likely close in the next 60 days. Mm. So it's not the sexiest of numbers, but if we just do a little math and we'll just use $5 to be really easy here. If you have $5 leads, you have a hundred leads, that's $500. If out of that $500 in 60 days, you close one deal and let's say your average home is $200,000, then you're taking home whatever, $6,000 and your, uh, your cost for that home was $500. And even if you throw in the cost for the ISA, the cost for whatever else you have here, you have a wildly massive return on investment uh, and we like talk about tracking inside of our program really well, like we talked about at the beginning of this. And you're able to say, hey, you know, this person came from this ad and I spent this money, much money on ads or whatever it is. And so once you're able to make that connection between, okay, I spent $500 on ads and although it took me 60 days, I was able to close one person and make $6,000 or $5,000. Then what is what would the smart person do there? They would just like pour gasoline, baby. <laughs> yeah, take all my money. And you can't do that if you don't have that like qualification center ISA team in the background there because there's no way you'd be able to handle 200, 300 leads right. a month by yourself. But, uh, but yeah, so those are the numbers that we're seeing. So don't expect, like, that's why most people are like, oh, Facebook leads suck or online leads suck or Zillow leads suck or whatever it is. And in reality, it's just because, like, I just told you the numbers. Like, if you have 100 <laughs> leads and they're doing eight... They don't con- suck. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> At your follow-up. thousand contact points. You're doing a thousand contact points in 30 days. There's no person in the right mind that could do that on their, on their own. Right. And that's why these leads suck. But if you're able to delegate that out to somebody for dollars a lead or, like, for three, five dollars an hour, like a virtual assistant, um, then it just becomes a no-brainer at that point. Dude, that's so good. Mm. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right. So gotta ask you this question, man. Obviously, super successful. Uh, Josh and I are into self-development and we love asking the people who come on the show that have had really successful track records. What are the routines that you have implemented in your life that, you know, you know, you have found that that's what's driven you to success? Yeah. So uh, obviously I, everyone hears us all the time and like to just try not to be too cheesy. I, I'll try to give you something that maybe a lot of people don't say, but one of the best things I've ever done for my business and slash personal life is concerned is this. Like, so I don't, I only take appointments two days a week, really Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, podcasts I'll do extra just for the podcast host, but I really take appointments two days a week and I only take those appointments from 12 to six. And so like, for me every single day, six days a week or seven days a week from 9am to 12 I do not open my Instagram. I don't open my Facebook. I don't open my email. I don't open Slack. I don't talk to anybody. That's when I'm actually working on my business. And I would say that that one routine alone, like, 
because as soon as you open email, as soon as you open Slack, as soon as you open anything, the, you're just a firefighter at that point, right? All these problems are going on. There's issues. You have to solve it. And now you're just working in your business. But if I promise you, whatever is an emergency at nine can wait until 12 to be solved. And if you're able to just spend those four hours learning what Facebook ads are, learning how to set up the pixel, playing around with some new lead generation sources, finding some ISA teams, finding some virtual assistants, and you just dedicate that every single day, you do that for a year, you'll be light years ahead of everyone else who just wakes up, opens Instagram, opens their email, and just throws himself into the world. Mm. Dude. Yes. I love that one. <laughs> I know. That's so good. It's so true because, I mean, the mornings, man, you have that. We have our morning team huddle, and, and it's it's so valuable. We talk about the value of this in, in past podcasts. I think a couple a uh, few episodes ago, we talked about the working from home and kind of mm-hmm. managing a virtual team and everything and the the benefits of the the morning huddle. But man, they can just sort of, they can control your day. They can take control of your entire morning sometime. One thing gets brought up in that morning meeting and then you're chasing rabbits there for the next two or three hours. So I love that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of, like Ed Milet, I love that guy, talk of him often, but he talks about don't look at your phone first yeah. thing in the morning because then your phone is running your day. Your yeah. phone is running. You're responding versus, or you're reacting, and you're not in control. Being proactive. We so we don't have our team meetings. So I have over 30 employees. We don't have our team meetings until 12 p.m. Uh, on Pacific Center time, which is really 3 p.m. on Eastern <laughs> time. So like my my employees are having their morning meeting at like at the end of the day for a lot of them. <laughs> but it's just like so that I can. I need that time in the morning, and and everyone recognizes it because I like they'll ask or say, "Hey, Rebel, we should do this," and it'll be done the next morning. Like they don't have to worry about it being okay. like forgotten over in the list of things to do. So, what would you go back and tell younger Ravi? Like, what advice would you give that high school kid? Yeah, uh, I would probably. There's a really great book that so the like the small little pit, tidbit that I didn't say about the law school uh, part of my dad's having cancer was like the really the the catalyst for me. Because at one point I did realize I didn't want to go to law school, but I also had spent so much time going down that route. And I, my whole family, I come from an Indian heritage and at least the ones that, that I deal with in my family, it's like, you're either a doctor or a lawyer, right? That's like the route you go through. You have a nice nine to five and you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And um, I was just really afraid to make this like leap. And I was afraid of what everyone would think of me. And I really, I read a really great book. I think it's Mark Manson, um, but it's called the subtle art of not giving a f- <laughs> And that book, totally transformed my life because it was just like, it pretty much opened my eyes that like, it's my life and it's, it's easy to say, right? But it's like, it's my life. It's not my dad's life. It's not my mom's life. It's not my aunt's life. It's not my grandma's life. I have to live it. And then if I had done what they wanted me to do, so I didn't upset them and I didn't like that thing, then I would spend the rest of my life resenting that person that I felt had forced me into that kind of thing. So I read that really incredible book and it changed my life. And so that's what I usually will say. Like if I had to say to my younger self would be a don't care so much about what other people's plans are for you and just focus on whatever you think is best for you because nobody knows what's best for you. A lot of the times you don't even know what's best for you. You kind of just got to try it out for yourself. Love that. Wow. All right, Ravi, thank you so much for being here. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you, follow you, check out uh, Scaling with Systems. Yeah, I would love it. Uh, thank you guys so much for lending me your ear. I seriously do appreciate it. Both of you guys, thank you guys so much for having me on here. This was one of the best podcasts I've been on as far as like real technical stuff. And I, I respect that you guys do that for your audience. I know that means a whole lot to them. Um, if you guys want to follow me anywhere, you can just type in my first name, last name, R-A-V-I-A-B-U-V-A-L-A on pretty much any social media platform and you'll find me. I'm the only one of those in the world. Uh, and then as far as scaling with systems is concerned, if you guys do want to learn a little bit more about like the ISA teams, how we set them up for our clients, 
how to do those lead generation, how to run Facebook ads, all that kind of stuff. I do have a free course. It's about eight and a half hours long. So it pretty much covers everything you need. And uh, you go to scalingwithsystems.com slash paid uh, so that I know you came from these guys over here and we'll make sure we take care of you. So that's scalingwithsystems.com slash paid uh, and you'll get access to that free course instantly. Awesome, man. Thanks for offering that up to the listeners. I know they'll take advantage of that. Uh, and you can get all of those links that Ravi just mentioned, as well as access to that free course over at staypaidpodcast.com. You can check out the show notes there. You can also get the video for this episode. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, there are two ways that we ask you to do that. And they're free. <laughs> These cost nothing. People yes. don't believe that. I now, get people stopping me on the street. And, and they get rewarded. Yeah, they you, stop me on the street. And they say, I, I feel like these things should cost something. But they don't. <laughs> There's two ways. The first way is head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and leave a comment. Also, I keep calling this out because YouTube, um, we're getting a ton of great comments and back-and-forth conversations, engagement on YouTube. This one comes from Elizabeth Bewley. She says, love, love, love you guys. Luke and Josh, you guys rock. Great questions and answers, and I really like your guest list. I will be referring my friends who own their own businesses your way. Thank you for all the great information and ideas that are totally implementable today, right now. Three thumbs up. Thank you, Elizabeth, for leaving that on our YouTube channel. The best way to help, uh, help out the show is to tell a friend about this and share it on your social media. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us, podcast at remindermedia.com. We are also available, directly reachable. You can reach us directly. You don't go through anybody else. If you go to <laughs> Stay Paid Podcast on Instagram, ask Stay Paid Podcast, Luke and I personally One check day that. Josh will be too famous where you cannot We will have our yet. own virtual assistants <laughs> answering our DMs. But for now... It is us. You can also find us on Facebook. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acri. And man, this was just an incredible episode. I am telling you, I've been doing marketing, obviously, for years and years now. We worked with 38,000 clients last year alone in our business. And what Ravi just gave you guys are so many golden nuggets. I would encourage you to go back, write down those ad ideas, try them out. Here are my two action items for you. I'm going to give you two different action items for this podcast because we want to close every podcast with you giving you something of action to do. If you have a team, so if it's not just you, implement the mini CEO principle in your business. That is so powerful. I'm going to actually take it back and, and literally Josh and I will discuss. I'm going to create how, yeah, a scorecard. Yeah. How do we actually <laughs> create this mini CEO system in our business? Because that is so powerful and it will, you'll see your employees take ownership and rise and your team will thrive. If you don't have a team, and you're just a single agent or single business person, single salesperson, I want you to take advantage of doing this advertising on Facebook, right? And we have a webinar. You can do Ravi's course. You can do our webinar that will teach you how, just for free, how to set up a Facebook ad. We'll put it in the link below, and it will walk you through how to put together, hey, here are the list of all the homes in my area. If you want one, comment below. But here's my action item for you. After you set up the ad, which is super easy to do, you must do the follow-up. Most of you are punking out on doing the follow-up. Don't punk out. Pick up that phone. Call people. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry Josh and I have worked in is top producers take action. Take action on that today. <laughs>